of God in this place. I feel it. Amen. Amen. I don't know about you, but I feel the presence of God. And when the presence of God is in the room, um, faith isn't something that happens on accident. It's an intentional action. Um, so tonight, let's not let's not just say, okay, well, let's see what God wants to do. Have an expectation tonight. Have an expectation that if God's in this place, anything can happen. Amen. Because that's the expectation that I have tonight. That I feel the presence of God. Who knows what can happen? Amen. But it starts with an expectation. Amen. So um, I'm going to get straight into it. This this word is. Uh, I'm going to start off with my scripture. I feel that this start off with my scripture. I mean Matthew chapter 12, verses verses 43 and uh, to 45. Amen. And it reads like this. You can stay, Brian. I'm not going to be long. This is a short message today. Uh, if you guys said amen to that, I see you guys in your head. I saw that. Amen. Um, amen. It says, when an evil spirit leaves a person, um, it goes into the desert seeking rest but finding none. Then it says, I will return to the person I came from. So it returns and it finds its former home empty, swept, and in order. Then the spirit finds seven other spirits more evil than itself. And they all enter the person to live there. And so the person is worse off than before. That will be the, that will be the experience of this wicked generation. See, God has placed such a, a unique word on my heart. And, and I had a, <laughs> I've been working on the, sermon, the one sermon before this for so long. Um, and, and as I was studying over it, I just didn't have the confirmation that God was putting it on my heart. Um, so I asked the Lord, uh, all right, God, you know, we talk like that. Hey, God, it's me again. Um, don't just download a good word. Uh, download the needed word um, that we need, that you want, you want to have for us. So, so I began to ask him, and, and he gave me this, and, and I know it's God, because these words are kind of hard for me to articulate, to make up. So he gave me this, and I knew it was from God, and the words are... There's an internal crisis. And so I began to ask God, I was like, okay, you know, I got all hyped and gave me a word. What does that even mean? Like, what does that mean? Help your son out, God. So he put this burden on my heart and he gave me these two specific words and he compelled me to write about them. I didn't even have a message. I just started writing them, looking them, researching, researching them. Um, and the two words were freedom and deliverance. And see, a lot of, a lot of us, including myself, have believed that these two words were the same word. But spiritually, God has been revealing to me that there is a major difference. And why is that? And you see, let me go back to my scripture. It says, it says let me put it in, in easier terms for you. So, so a person, so I'm picturing this, this scripture happening. So if someone comes, a man of God or, or Jesus comes to Jesus and says, hey, I want to be free. And so there's evil spirits and God frees them, right? And so the story ends there. But you notice that all it says is that when God came to free them, he was just empty. He wasn't filled yet. And you see, when, when we come in this, in this place, God's intention for us tonight is to be emptied of ourselves, emptied of our wickedness, emptied of our sin, emptied of the residue that comes with our flesh. And he wants us to be empty. That's called freedom, right? But he was showing me tonight, he was showing me this, this last week, that I, and I, I even thought the freedom and deliverance were the same thing. But he was telling me, he was saying, freedom is when I come and I empty you of yourself, but deliverance is when I start to pour myself into you. And so, and so, and what do you mean, Joshua? Give me some, give me some context. Sure, I'll give you some context. Uh, and, and so freedom, is, it's, it's the first step to, it's the first step to deliverance. See, and you guys look kind of confused, so let, let, me, let me get into this context. And in, in, in the book of Exodus, we all know about the story of Moses, right? The one who split the Red Sea, uh, sound like a rapper, he had a stuttering problem, um, and he came and he freed the people of Israel from Egypt, right? 
Um, but I noticed something as I was reading into this story that in the book of Exodus, God called the, uh, the people who were rolling with Moses a freed people. But I go up to Joshua as they're about to enter, as they're conquering the River Jordan and they're conquering the, uh, the, the Wall of Jericho. Um, he calls them a delivered people. And I start to think to myself, God, why, 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 why did you, why, why did you make that difference? And He was telling me it's, it's quite simple. You see, when you're free, you just have exposure to the promise. But, but when you're delivered, you start to live in the promise. Now, what do you say about this? What does that mean? We all know that the people of Moses were whack, right? They were just complainers. All they did all day was complain. And you see, these were a free people. These were people who were enslaved for hundreds of years and got out of Egypt and were the ones saying, Moses, did you bring me out of the wilderness because there wasn't enough graves in Egypt? We were far better off enslaved by the Egyptians than to die out here in the wilderness. And you see, that is the main difference between freedom and deliverance. When you begin to, when God begins to empty yourself, you better be careful because the enemy wants to put lies into you. He wants to put the, the same sin that you came here with. He wants you to leave here and leave empty and not feel why because the same spirits that came and left you, the same attitude that came and left you, the same spirits that came and left you are going to look back right at you when you leave outside those doors. I hope this is okay with you guys. And you see, this is, and this is where I asked God, okay, God, relate this to me. He said, you know what, Joshua, remember when you were, you were so, about three, four years ago, you were so spiritually frustrated. And I was like, yeah, I, I do remember that, actually. And he was saying, you were spiritually frustrated because for the longest time of your life, all you did was shout about a promise, but you never lived in it. See, when the pastor said, hey, there's a peace that surpasses all understanding, you shouted about it, but you never lived in it. Hey, you know what? God can get rid of that depression. God can get rid of that anxiety. God can get rid of that habit. Yeah, you shouted about it, but you never lived in it. And you see, this is the problem and the dilemma we have in church today. Is that now the enemy has convinced us that this church experience is an emptying of experience of self and leaving back. That's why every time we come back, we feel the same heaviness when we get back to this altar. Let me tell you. I'm going to be the one to tell you because I don't care if you guys hate me or not. I this, this is what God is speaking to my heart. This altar isn't just an emptying place, but it's a place where God pours into you. It's a well. That's why the God calls him the spirit of the living water. And you see, sometimes we come here and we're so full of the things of this world. And we come here and we, we come and we God empties us and we feel so good. But the next day, it's back. And I ask myself, why, God, why is that back? I thought, did you not see the encounter I had with you last night? He says, yeah, but you stopped that freedom. You see, I'm done shouting about a promise. I want to possess it. I'm sick and living of coming here and acting like church is my, like my drug that I need to fix from. That's not what it is. This is a place of deliverance. God's not here to treat your disease. He's here to cure you. He's here to heal you. He's here to heal you. Work in your life. See, being free without deliverance is dangerous. Because when God empties us, it is now our responsibility to be filled. 
It is our responsibility to be filled with God's Holy Spirit. Don't even get started on the Holy Spirit, how important that is. If we are living our, our believing life without the Holy Spirit, you will not last in today's generation. I'm telling you this right now, and I'm telling you this because God spoke this to me. There is no way you're going to live pure. There's no way you're going to live holy. There's no way you're going to be able to deny your flesh. There's no way you're going to be able to have reverence. There's no way you're going to be able to have power. There's no way you're going to have identity. There's no way you're going to have peace without my Holy Spirit. That's what it is. And we think that the Holy Spirit, you know, and, and I say this in love, the Holy Spirit is not you coming to speak in tongues one time and you think for the rest of your life you're good. The Bible says that we're, we're poured out like a cup offering daily. What does that tell us? We need to be filled daily. Why do you think these, you think these, old, these old pastors up here are pushing prayer and fasting and reading your word because that's the old school? No. It doesn't go out of fashion, y'all. God is giving his prayer and some spirits only come out by prayer and fasting. So, and that's why we push this because it's a daily thing that we must be filled. And you see, if we're only here getting filled two or three times a week, what's filling up the rest of the week? Because in the scripture, it's telling you that when you get when God empties you, it's not just the same spirit, but it's seven of the word born worst spirits that's coming back for you. This is more than just a hangout. This is a spiritual ground where God begins to teach you and mold you and teach you. I say, you know what? I am the living water, but you got to keep coming after me. you got to keep pursuing me. It's not a one-time thing. It's not a one-day, Wednesday, Sunday. It's an everyday opportunity. Freedom starts with you, but deliver. Freedom starts with God, but deliverance starts with you. It starts with us. You don't believe me? Cool, I got scripture. Thank God for scripture because I didn't know how I was going to back this up. He said, check this out. A free people, right? I said the people of Israel, of Joshua was a, was a free people. And you see, check this out. Joshua was rolling with still these free people. But you see, when you have it on your mind, I don't just want to be free. I want to be delivered because I know that if, uh, I know if God's going to empty me of myself, i got to be put in the hands of God. That's what deliverance is. So check this out. So let me give you a background story. These people, they've been wallowing in the wilderness. And Joshua's like, hey, bro, why are you still worshiping the gods of the Egyptians? Don't tell me it doesn't come back even when you're free. Why are you, why are you still why are you worshiping the people? I can't even say the name. The Ephrees. You see, this shows you that even when you're free, something's still going to come and try to fill you. But you know what Joshua said? You see, you see, in, in, in Matthew it says, it finds its former home empty. I love this. It finds its former home empty, swept in an order. It doesn't say your heart is clean, that your heart is dirty, that's why it comes back. You see, sometimes we think, well, I have good intentions now, and I have standards now, and I come to church, and I have a good schedule now. That's not going to save you. That ain't going to save you. You must be filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, check this out. So... So these people are rolling and they're going back to their old ways because that's what the word of God says. If you don't get filled, it's going to come back. And you know, he says, he says, he says, now fear the Lord and serve him with faithfulness. Throw away the gods of your ancestors and worship beyond the Euphrates River and the Egyptian, in the Egypt and serve the Lord. But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourself this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods of your ancestors Sir, beyond the Euphrates are the gods of the Amorites and host lands you are living in right now. You see, we're not living. We're not living. See, this is the we're the enemy's territory. That does, that, does, that does not mean we're living that we're of the enemy's territory. You see, this is what he's saying. 
beyond the Euphrates or the God of the Amorites in whose land you are living. But as for me and my house, as for me and my house, you know your body is a temple of the living God. And your family, your parents, your sister, your brother who's going to church, is it responsible for who fills your temple? Amen. It's us. Salvation is personal. It's up to us. It's our responsibility. Amen. Being free from self. And I'm, I'm saying the same things over again, not on accident. I'm saying it on purpose because we got to understand that freedom is the first step to deliverance. I want to get that here. Freedom is the first step to deliverance. And when you're free from yourself and delivered into the hands of God, that's when you begin to see the molding. That's when you begin, that's when, that's when you begin to see the structure change. You know what I, you know what kind of cracks me up that I hear all the time? That when uh, believers, they, they, they talk about their sin, they're like, oh man, this is just a thorn on my side. I'm like, bro, you got like nine thorns, bro. <laughs> you know thorns are meant to be pulled out, right? Not lived with. So if you tell me that I serve the God of the impossible, but my boy can't pull out a thorn, that's a lie of the devil. That's a lie of the devil to sit here and think that that's just a lifestyle, that's just a mentality, that's just a desire you have to have because it's part of who you are. I rebuke that in Jesus' name. And the thing is, God has called us to be the change in this world. He called us to be the light on the hill. But you see, we cannot be that change if we ourselves are not changed. Now let me put it like this. This is kind of what the Lord showed me. See, I want you to hear me. Freedom is you leaving it, but deliverance is it leaving you. Give me some context, Josh. Okay, we left the club, but the club never left us. You see, we, we left the sneaky links, but the sneaky links never left us. You see, we may have left the environment where our trauma, where our hurt, where our pain took place, but it never left us. I'm not satisfied with being free. I want to be delivered. We can't stop at being free. Freedom is being emptied of who you used to be. Deliverance is being filled with God. Freedom is something that is often preached, but deliverance has been a topic that has been too intimidating to preach. Why? Because you guys think about deliverance, you think about demons getting cast out. That's true. That happens. That's for real. But sometimes deliverance is you choosing every single day whom you're going to serve. It's you saying, God, empty me of these desires. Empty me of these, uh, these, these, these sins and these lusts of my flesh. Empty me and fill me with your spirit, God. Like I said, when, when you become free of whatever you came from, it's our responsibility to be filled with his spirit. His spirit. His spirit. You can't be filled with ministry. It's got to be Jesus. You can't be just because you left the last toxic boyfriend or girlfriend doesn't mean you can come to church and be filled with the Christian boyfriend or girlfriend. No, it's got to be Jesus. And Jesus is not meant to be pursued like a spiritual historical topic. He's a person that wants a relationship with you. He's still moving. He's still living. He's still changing. He's still breaking change. He's still doing miracles. He's still living it today. And this is why the church is here because He's still a living God, not a God of a storybook. Because I wouldn't be up here if it wasn't for a God of a storybook. I used to be. I used to be addicted to all these things. I used to be addicted, and I used to be hanging around people who I thought were free. But the Lord came and He delivered me. I'm not speaking up here because I, I don't even like to read, but I have to. Because I want to be delivered. 
Amen. We've got to come to the point where Jesus is more than a hobby. There is a commission on your life. There is a plan for your life. And the enemy has tried to fill you. I got work. I got work. I'm to do something. What do you want me to do, Brother Josh? I don't know, but what, do you want to be delivered? Oh, I don't know. I got, I got a job and I got kids and I got these things. And I can't. Self, job is temporary. Salvation is forever. This is a big one right here. This is a big one. We are made to be made into the image of God, right? We're meant to be transformed in the likeness of God, like Sister Yas was saying, right? But we cannot produce God's fruit if, we're, if, we're, if we do not made, have His Spirit. A lot of us are saying, God, I want, you, I want to maintain, I want, I want good fruit. But you need, you need His Spirit. You can't be like Jesus without Jesus. And you're looking at the person next to you saying, okay, you know what? I think that's what Jesus looks like. That's not what God intended for you. There's a personal relationship with Jesus here tonight. These are some, things, these are some side things God has been showing me. Freedom will emphasize your, when you are stuck in freedom for too long, it will emphasize your gifts for lack of God. But deliver, deliverance emphasizes your character to look like God. Because you know God cares more about you looking like Him than you knowing how to talk about Him and mention Him. When the Holy Spirit lives in us, its first assignment isn't to sharpen our gifts. It's to mold our character. See, God's goal for you isn't behavior modification. He didn't come to change your behavior. A lot of us say, well, I'm a good person. The only person that's good is God. But He came to transform your heart. And He wants to deliver you tonight. Romans 12, 2 says, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good and pleasing and perfect will. You see, renewing of your mind is not possible without the possession of the Holy Spirit. Yes. And now, Josh, how do I know that that, that that process is taking place? And it's okay to ask these questions. We act like this is at a hospital for the broken, so that we come here and we're afraid to, to be real. Amen. How do we know that that's not going on in my life? If you are still dealing and having and wanting the same things, there's no renewing of the mind. Renewing of the mind doesn't mean you don't go to those places no more. Renewing of the mind means you don't desire those places no more. You see, imagine, imagine bringing, bringing, bringing our messed up minds into our relationship with God. I'd be toxic, bro. Like, I'd be toxic. But you know what? That's why the Bible says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. You see, just because we have God around us and we're st we still hunger and thirst for the things of our flesh. Amen. And you see, sometimes I thought, I, I, I was so blind to the fact, I used to think because I struggled with sin and it was I, because I struggled with it and even though I wanted it, and, but I denied it because Jesus, I was with Jesus, I thought that meant I loved it. That's like me, that's like me being in a relationship and saying, yeah, I want these chicks right here, but because I'm with you, I'm not going to do it. That's not love. That's toxic. And that's not the way God works. You're telling me it's impossible to delight in obedience? You're telling me it's impossible to delight in righteousness? You're telling me it's, it's impossible to delight in purity and holiness? No, it is. It is possible. With the Holy Spirit. I'm coming to an end. The praise can come up. I hope this is okay with you guys. I want to end with this. 
Isaiah 43, verse 19, it says, See that I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and a streams in the wasteland. I got this from Brother George. I love you, Brother George, if you're watching. When he spoke this, he said, Josh, old keys will never open new doors. God has a plan. He has a purpose for you. He has a vision for you. He has things for you. But don't try to open up with the keys he used to have. God has a new set of keys for you. It's time we start pursuing deliverance and being filled with the Spirit daily. Because when we start to do that, we're not just exposed to a promise. Baby, we're going to start living in it. Amen? Amen. God bless you guys.